my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. None of us got here by ourselves. I mean, it keeps me up at night. I mean, literally thinking, what more can I do? How can I get the door open more? How can I convince people? You don't have to give up anything in order to have a diverse environment. You just have to make the environment bigger. Hello, and welcome to the Future Legends of Advertising podcast featuring newly inducted members of the American Advertising Federation's Hall of Achievement and those in the Hall of Fame. In this series, we'll compare notes, gain insights, and explore the future of the advertising industry through never-before-heard conversations between those who are shaping it. You'll meet industry icons like Bozema St. John, Daisy Exposito Uya, Deborah Wall, and future ones, including leaders from the most impactful brands, agencies, and media platforms in the world. We're your hosts, Haley Romer and Ross Martin. Now, let's meet the legends. Welcome, everyone. We are in for a real treat today. I've been looking forward to this podcast for several weeks now, and I can't believe that we were able to get these two legends in the room together. So it's quite an incredible moment. Lewis Carr, you are a legend in every way. From a career perspective, you really made your mark at the BET, having spent 36 years at the network and specifically the last 21 as president of media sales. You've truly transformed the multicultural space for some of the world's biggest brands, including P&G, Unilever, McDonald's, GM, Facebook, Apple, and more. And you've even, throughout your career, become a strategic advisor to these brands about Black and brown communities, which is incredible. But beyond your career and your time at the BET, you have been a dedicated community servant and mentor to young people. 19 years ago, Carr founded the Lewis Carr Internship Foundation, which has provided over 200 paid internships. And you've also created the Blueprint Men's Summit and Blueprint Connect podcast, which brings together some of Black America's high-profile thought leaders to educate Black men on everything from finance to health to careers, relationships, and entrepreneurship. You've also authored two books. I don't know how you found the time. Dirty Little Secrets and Little Black Book daily motivations for business and personal growth. And all of this has not gone unnoticed. Carr has been recognized by the Board IQ as the top 100 Hall of Fame African-American and was named by Savoy Magazine as one of the most influential Black corporate directors. 
Carr has served on more ad industry boards than any other African-American, including having held seats on the boards of the International Radio and TV Society, the Video Advertising Bureau, the Ad Council, and the AAF. And he currently sits on the boards of Drake University, which he attended, Cedar Fair's Board of Directors, and the U.S. Track and Field Association, Lewis Carr. Thank you so much for joining us. I don't know how you do it all, but we're very excited to hear more about it. Thank you so much, Haley, uh, for giving me this opportunity. Really appreciate it. And uh, thanks to the AAF. Well, welcome. And really, really excited to hear you in conversation today with the legend Jordan Muse. Jordan, in case you're not familiar, is currently managing director at the Martin Agency. Jordan has been called the embodiment of greatness. That's what a legend he is already and is recognized for truth as his superpower. Jordan runs some of Martin Agency's key accounts, including Buffalo Wild Wings, Royal Caribbean, DoorDash, Haynes, Sabra, Google, and Amazon, and is responsible for getting a legendary rap group to change its name without a hitch, Bone Thugs and Harmony. And Jordan, we want to hear more about that. Jordan's work helped to lead the Martin Agency to winning Adweek's Agency of the Year back-to-back, and Jordan himself was recognized by Campaign U.S.'s 2022 as Account Person of the Year. Prior to winning Martin, Jordan led other brands to greatness at Widening Kennedy and BBDO, as well as Muse Communications. We're talking about brands like Nike, Sprite, Old Spice, American Honda, and more. And this does include the development of award-winning campaigns like The Men You Could Smell Like and Nike's 2016 Olympic anthem that united the U.S. men's and women's basketball teams in partnership with then up-and-coming Chance the Rapper for unique rendition of the national anthem. At each place he's worked, Jordan emphasizes creating a culture of inclusion and true partnerships between people and clients. Jordan, welcome and thanks for being here. Haley, appreciate it. I'm honored to be here. And it's a little weird to hear my name in conjunction with the word legend, but you know, I'll take it. I'll live in it. (laughs) That's right. Well, you know what? You are already a legend and you will be inducted into the Hall of Achievement in just a few short weeks, Jordan, and so deserving of the recognition. Um, And I thought where we might start is the fact that this year is the 30th anniversary of the Hall of Achievement. Um, Lewis, you are deeply familiar with the Hall of Achievement and the AAF. Perhaps you could talk a little bit about what the Hall of Achievement means, what it, what it was meant to be started to do, and how you see legends and future legends like Jordan really driving impact for the industry moving forward. Well, when the award was created, Haley, it was for the impact that you had on your industry, the skill set. Uh, that you brought to the table and, and the type of impact you had on on particular brands and, and clients and agencies and things like that. But it also meant the work that you did outside of that. It also meant the impact and the influence, whether it would be on the next generation of leaders or whether it be as what we call now ESG or DE&I. It really sort of went outside of your day job, but also your commitment to a broader uh, environment and also a broader uh, community. So we really wanted to sort of see people who said, I'm doing a great job at what I do, 
nine to five or nine to seven or nine to nine, whatever the hours were. But I also understand that with my influence, my impact and my power, I need to make it a better industry. I need to make it a better community. So that's how it really sort of got started. So we put a lot of emphasis on making sure that people were, I guess what we would call 360 in their thinking uh, and their vision for a better industry. Thank you. And Jordan, what does this moment mean for you? And what is it like for you also to hear directly from Lewis, who's done so much both for our industry as well as for bringing those into our industry and then the community and in, and in the black community in particular? Yeah, it's, um, it's been an honor, I think, um, in this business, especially where I'm at in sort of my halfway point, to call it. You spend so much time in, in the work, you spend so much time in the process that it's hard to like take a step back and, and to sort of realign or to recognize the work that you've done or to like get focused on the bigger purpose. Uh, and I think this moment for me has allowed me an opportunity to look back at the things that I've, I've accomplished, um, recognize them, sort of live within that moment. Because um, we've, you know, especially where I've grown up, um, you spend so much time thinking about the broader team. You spend so much time thinking about other people that you don't really have take a moment to sort of reflect on your journey. <laughs> and this has given me an opportunity to do that. Um, and then also like giving me more confidence in my purpose um, and the things that I believe that are important to who I am in this org and this industry is seeing that come to life and being recognized is, is, has been really cool. Uh, and it gives me more power and sort of uh, a, a boost to continue to push that forward for this industry, for the people in my life. And then obviously with the, the organizations that I work with. So it's been a, it's been a, an honor to like see myself in it with the likes of Lewis uh, or the legends that you speak of with you know, past honorees, but it's also given me great confidence and um, a sort of a, a, a kick in the butt to try to push for more and to, to even increase my impact. I love that. Lewis, I'm curious, just listening to how Jordan answered that question. You've, you've spent a lot of time focused on helping people within the Black and Brown communities to both get into this industry as well as develop themselves. You spent a lot of time thinking about giving young people access to voices that they might not otherwise have access to. Um, what has that meant to you? And what would you encourage or how would you encourage Jordan to continue to pursue, as he said he's doing, like pursue impact and think about how to, you know, take what you've done and continue to bring it along? None of us got here by ourselves. You know, uh, a lot of people may say that, but when they go to sleep at night, they know the people who helped them. Um, they know, as I would say, the waymakers in their life. And for me, that was extremely special because not only did they help me get to where I am today, they showed me a place that I didn't know that existed, right? I didn't know that this industry, this type of job, uh, this type of influence, uh, you know, this type of office even existed from where I came from. So they showed me that 
Then they showed me a path to get there. And then they had to convince me that I wanted to get on that path. So now that I'm here, I'm trying to pay it forward, as we would say, for all the other people who may have been like me, who, who, who doesn't know this industry existed, that, who doesn't understand how powerful this industry, who doesn't understand that our industry shapes wants, desires, and needs. So I am trying to open up that door and say, come in, come in, come in, take advantage of it. You know, this is not only good for you, but it's also good for our industry. Because as we know, Haley, it takes different voices. It takes different thought. It takes different visions to create this wonderful creative industry that we have. Whether we're talking about advertising or whether we're talking about content, it takes all of that. So I want to make sure that we bring as many different type of thoughts and voices inside to create a great product slash industry. So that's why I do it. I mean, it keeps me up at night. I mean, literally thinking, what more can I do? How can I get the door open more? How can I convince people? You don't have to give up anything in order to have a diverse environment. You just have to make the environment bigger. And that's with different thoughts and minds. When you look at the number of women in our industry, I've been along uh, this journey long enough, Haley, when it wasn't a lot. All right, now they're the majority of the, of the industry because we opened up people's minds and thoughts and opportunities to say, this is good for everybody, not just for women, it's good for everybody. So that's what I spend a lot of my time and effort on, really thinking about, how we can do that. And to Jordan, I would say, do the same. You have a legacy of, hey, your dad was great. Now it's on you got the baton. And you're in sort of a different arena. You're in a, in a broader arena. You can have even greater impact than your dad had in this arena. You're in different types of rooms, all right? Seeing different types of people. So I would ask you to sort of do the same and understand that it's not just about the awards that you will win because you will win plenty, but it's the opportunity to help other people win awards, help other clients and agencies and everything else see how big this opportunity is and how much impactful you can have on communities. So that's what I would advise to you, my brother. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think that is um, extremely important. Um, I've been lucky to, you know, sort of push on what you were talking about yourself and not necessarily having an example of knowing the industry existed and the opportunities that it would provide. Um, I, I was lucky enough to have the blueprint and sort of be um, able to see it firsthand. And honestly, I would say I, I kind of took that for granted a little bit as, as I was going through this industry and I was always trying to find my own right, my path and not necessarily recognize the greatness of my father and trying to, uh, um, you know, set my own direction path. But as I started to get more involved in, in, in spending more time with people and, and also reflecting um, on my experiences as a, as, a, as a child, seeing that, it became so much more uh, visible of how important that it is and how it shaped me and my sort of approach to 
who I am as a leader, um, as, a, as a creative, and it sort of gave me more confidence to be that example for those who don't necessarily have it at home like I did. I was very fortunate. So over the last you know, 20 some odd years, I've been trying to be that example every day. Um, Lewis is a perfect example of someone that I can strive to, to, to basically take that impact and make it broader to you know, my world. But um, I think this moment and being recognized for the whole achievement isn't necessarily for me. It's for others to see someone that looks like them, who um, speaks like them um, and shows up like them, that they can uh, have that same impact and, and be in my position or Lewis' position you know, in their future. Jordan, as you're meeting young candidates now who are looking up to you, what's your advice to them about this industry and moving forward and how to navigate how to navigate everything that we're experiencing right now? I, I'm, I'm a hiring manager, so I spend a lot of time with candidates. And you immediately can feel the tension and pressure that they have in those, in those, in those moments, in those meetings. I uh, immediately try to get to who they are as the person, because uh, I think that uh, is extremely important. You know, similar to what Lewis is saying, is that we want to continue to build this industry with diverse minds and experiences. Uh, and it's so important for me to have that at the center of what I do at my organization is making sure that I'm you know, bringing and, and, and hiring the best uh, minds who have different experiences that we can come together to impact each other and obviously impact the work. So what I try to do is make sure that I get to know who uh, the candidate is as a person uh, and spend more time understanding their aspirations, uh, their desires, uh, and interests. Uh, and I try to give them confidence to be their, their full selves. Uh, and me, as the manager coming into those interviews, um, looking less about their experience in the business and more their experience as a person, I've seen that it gives them confidence to sort of open up. Uh, and that is just a, a sort of an entryway to who we are as a company. If I can set that sort of example and provide that experience in an interview, it, um, it shows up when they enter the building or when they get in a team environment. And it's so important for me is to making sure that building environment where people can be their true selves and bring those outside influences into the work, into the workplace, because that's when the workplace is a lot deeper and more rich for our own um, personal interactions and relationships. But you also see the, uh, the impact on the work. Um, so I try uh, as, as much as I can to sort of provide that confidence and that, that opportunity for them and that space for them to be themselves. Um, and I try to do that every step of the way, starting with the interview process. You mentioned the work. And so I want to switch gears for, for a moment here because the work that both of you have done and you continue to do and produce um, has a, another level of impact on the Black community as much as you do on a one-to-one basis when you talk about hiring and mentoring people directly. But the impact of, of the work that you're doing in, rep- in terms of representation and visibility also obviously cannot go under understated, underestimated. So maybe, Lewis, you could talk for a moment about some of the work that you've done with brands to help them understand in, you know, in terms of advising or actually just directly with BET, help, help them understand the importance of impact 
on the Black community and where you've seen this go, you know, um, over the course of your career trajectory? I've had, you know, uh, what I call, Haley, probably one of the greatest jobs on the planet. I get to educate brands and corporations on the value of Black people. Uh, and whether that is on how much they spend or whether that is on trends, whatever it is, I get to be able to go about and educate corporate America on Black people and their differences and how those differences work for the value of everybody. You know, we have the saying at BET, we say what Black people do today, the world does tomorrow, everything unique about America comes from Black people. I mean, we have been able to influence everything from paper towels to politics. So what a privilege I've had to be able to be a part of that education. And, you know, one of the things that we realize with education is the more you know about someone or something or some product, the better you have to evaluate it. So that's what my job has been over the last three decades at BET, is really getting America to understand Black people, all that we are and all that we aren't. And, you know, it's been a privilege. And I think we've changed some things. I mean, when, when I look at the number of brands and the amount of content that has African-Americans in it, I kind of smiled, said I had a little bit of something to do with that. When I look at the number of competitive sets and the number of Black creators, I said smile because we had a little bit something to do with it. Because if we hadn't been successful, you wouldn't have all of that because people would not have followed that path. So it's this opportunity that the BET brand has given me. And I think take it as a privilege that we've been able to change sort of America and how America engages, looks, and values Black people, not just the BET consumers, but all consumers of color. And I, when I say that, I think about Hispanics, I think about Asians and everything else. You know, even with women, as we say, civil rights help women more than it help Black people, all right? So we're very excited and we continue to be in, engaged and we continue to have hope that things will continue to change for our communities and for brands who serve our communities. So I'm one of those people who wake up excited every single day about the opportunity to educate, influence, and impact people's thoughts, minds, and vision on what this country is going to look like, what particular brands and industries are going to look like, because I believe in people who, you know, look like me in a major way. There's a lot in there that we can unpack, but I think in the broadest sense, you've struck a really optimistic tone about the work that you've done and you should be so incredibly proud of how far we've come. And yet sometimes people often look at this work as a check the box moment. And so when you're in the room with a brand and you feel like, well, there, this is just a check the box thing, do you ever sort of pivot you know, without directly saying it feels like you're just checking the box, but this is a bigger opportunity you might be missing. You know, how do you handle that type of moment or encounter, which I can imagine you've got uh, countless examples of? I won't, I won't ask for you to name brands, but. Oh, first of all, I tell people, let's not just do it because it's the right thing 
to do. Let's do it because it's the right thing to do for your business. Because you'll really become satisfied and come become excited about doing it when you know it's going to move the needle brand for your client, for your agency. So when people sort of look at it from a business standpoint, then they have goals, they have objectives, they have share, they have all the key fundamentals in place to sort of say, right now, where do I want to be? And what is the journey going to be like? And what do I have to contribute from an asset standpoint to get there? It's the same thing like, you know, when you launch a new product, okay, you're starting from zero. How do I get from zero to 5%? How do I get from 5% to 10%? You have a strategy, you have tactics, you have goals, you have a check. And that's what I tell people to look at when they're thinking about the Black consumer market. We know it can change share, clearly. I mean, politics even know now that it can change results. So I ask people, look at it from a business point of view, and you'll feel much better and be more engaged to participate when you look at it like that. Yes. Is it the right thing to do? Yes. But when it's the right thing to do about your business, you are more enthusiastic about your participation. I like that. Thank you. Jordan, I I can't... uh get past the Zone Thugs and the name changing. Can you tell us about that? Just give us a little anecdote here. How did that happen? And talk a little bit about that experience. That's a huge deal. Yeah, it was, um, it was an easy sell, to be honest with you. We obviously worked with um, Buffalo Wild Wings, and we were, there's always been this debate about uh, traditional wings and boneless wings. Uh, and a creative just sort of came to, uh, one of us and was like, we would love to do something that sort of stops culture and gets people to talk about about the brand, but doing it in a more uh, interesting way than like talking about the food. And I guess they were listening to Bone Thugs one time and was like, hey, what happens if we were to reach out to this this group and have them change their name to Boneless Thugs and doing it in a way that's unexpected and obviously pushing off sort of the cultural zeitgeist. And I, I thought it was going to be something that would take you know, um, a lot of time to convince a client. Uh, but honestly, we presented a, a one-page presentation uh, and the clients bought it instantly. And then now the, the challenge was just trying to get the group together uh, because at this time, they weren't touring um, and they weren't spending, spending that much time together. So luckily enough, we were able to get in contact with them and before you know it, three weeks later, we were in Los Angeles shooting a shooting a parody. It, it was it was fantastic. That's awesome. I'm wondering if you have any questions you want to ask Lewis. I do, I do. Um, first off, it's not lost on me, Lewis. The the work that you have done over the years, um, especially as you talk about the education uh, that you've had with with brands to understand the impact of of our community. I find myself now in positions where that education has landed and I'm finding more opportunities to speak to our community and less of, of doing the education because of the work that you have done and others. So I appreciate that. Now the duty is on us to make sure that we are, we show up in those authentic uh, and those 
sort of um, celebrate uh, celebratory ways for our community. So I, I appreciate the work that you and others have done for us. Um, my question for you is, is that um, obviously like I'm sort of in this half, halfway point in my career as we sort of learn more about you and all the work that you've done for the community and others. Um, there's a sort of clear purpose to, to, to the work that you do uh, and the work that you've done. Um, when did that show up for you? Um, when was it clear to you that this purpose of yours is much bigger than um, in selling media or advertising? And um, when did that show up for you? And then how did you sort of harness and provide greater direction for yourself? Great question, uh, Jordan. When I graduated from college, I remember asking a lot of mentors, how will you know when you're doing the thing that you know, God has meant for you to do, right? Basic question is, how will you know when you find your purpose? How do you find your purpose? And everyone said, it'll hit you like a ton of bricks. You don't have to spend a lot of time searching for it. It's going to come to you. And it may come to you in the morning, in the night, on your job, in your sleep, and you'll just know that that's your purpose. And I remember I was sitting in my Chicago office uh, looking out the window and my staff would say, there he goes again, doing nothing, just looking out the window. And it hit me like a ton of bricks that my purpose was to give people who would not normally get opportunities, I was in a position to give them opportunities. And whether that was inside BET or outside BET. I had sort of grown to put together a tremendous Rolodex. I had broad relationships across the industry. And I had people coming to me asking for help. And whether that was a help to get a job or whether that was a help to navigate their job someplace else. You know, how do I get a promotion? How do I get a new position? How do I get a raise? And so, it hit me. My purpose is to be able to give people opportunities, advice, and motivate them to their next level. And that's what I've been doing now. I, I would probably say over 20 years of my almost 40-year career, uh, because it just came to me is, is to help people. And uh, I don't, think it's work. Uh, I think it's joy. Uh, matter of fact, I, I, I had a sales retreat one time, Jordan, uh, called How to Get Joy Out of Success of Others. You know, teaching people, you know, motivating people, inspiring people, and you feeling just as great or greater than that. So uh, it, it has been amazing for me. Uh, every time we have a uh, around an intern. Sometimes I'm tired, man, and I'm like, this is just too much work. And then they'll say something and just motivate me. I just had my uh, men's conference last weekend. And on the second day, which is the day for teens, I was dragged. I mean, I was super dragged. And I walked in a room and saw 300 teens on 12 going nuts over G Herbo. And all of a sudden, I wasn't tired anymore because they gave me that energy, that inspiration, 
that I needed. So it not only works for giving, it works when you're receiving, you know, people's energy, you're receiving their gratitude, their appreciation, and it says that you are making a difference. So that's how I found my purpose. It came to me in the middle of the day, looking out the window. That's great. I um one of the things that you said that sort of sits with me is that um, you know, it's so important to find success in others. Um, especially as you get to a certain point in your career. It was a challenge for me and I and I see as a as a challenge for young leaders in the organizations that I'm, that I'm a part of is a sort of that that switch to leadership. Uh, and instead of being so focused on the work and the doing, it's now becoming that coach and that leader that sees success and the impact that you have on others. And it's such a, a pivotal point in one's career is to sort of change those KPIs and those those goals. It's not so much more about you know, how you finish a project or uh, in some cases, you know, the impact or the bottom line of an account or a business. It's more about the impact that you have on the people who then can can succeed and grow. Uh, and it's it's a it's a sort of a, a, a switch in somebody's career that it's hard to sort of deal with um, because those metrics are a little bit more soft, you know, not as hard. Um, but I find when you're able to um, make that switch, they are that they're so much more gratifying um, because it makes the work that you do so much more impactful um, and rich and to yourself, fill, uh, to like you said, filled with purpose. Um, but it is a challenge that I see quite often um, sort of that midway point in your career is how do you become that leader that sees success in others? One of the things, Jordan, I do tell leaders, remember, leadership is never about yourself. It's always about others. Once you step into a leadership position, self is gone. It's always about others and how you make others better, how you grow others, and how you teach others to be leaders and make it sort of this selfless act. And, you know, you know, people don't realize maybe I'm not to be a leader. I'm just too selfish. But great leaders doing for others very rarely for themselves. That's 100% correct. Gosh, I love that. And I feel like this is the perfect place to just put a pin in it. Thank you so much, Lewis and Jordan, for joining this. I personally have gotten so much out of this conversation. I can just imagine that our listeners are somewhere begging for more. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. Thank you, Haley. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, that does it for this episode of the Future Legends of Advertising podcast. I'm Ross Martin. And I'm Haley Romer. And thank you for listening. We'll be back with another episode before you know it. And for more information on the American Advertising Federation, go to aaf.org.